Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. He's on YouTube, he's on TikTok, he's all over the place. He's been driving around with a guard escort of late. I must find out what that's all about. Bob Flavin, good morning to you. Good morning. How's things? Good. I'll come back to the guy the escort because I was laughing at your videos this morning. But start me off on, on, <laughs> on the Japanese imports because the last time that you and I were talking, you mentioned that they're still there. You can still get them. But some of them might have the dashboards in Japanese and you might be able to change them and all that. But what's this about immobilizers? So a lot of Jap imports cars, particularly the smaller brands of ones, these are cars you've probably never seen on the road before. So you've never seen the name. You know the brand, but you've never seen the name of that particular car. So there's a lot of those cars that are after being imported in the last few months because of Brexit. You can't get them from the UK, so they're bringing them straight from Japan. And a lot of these cars don't have immobilizers. And some of them just have back doors that are shaped in a way that you bend to put your arm in to open doors. So it's all very straightforward for them. And at this stage, young people who who are interested in joyriders and those, they're sharing videos of how to do it. They're actually filming themselves doing it. In some cases, I've seen them on TikTok. They, they get removed, but I've seen the videos on TikTok of these cars being stolen. And does nobody steal cars in Japan? Is that why they're so easy to get into? I'm not sure. I think they're. I think they got rid of the immobilizers of it because of some legal loophole over taxation over there, which seems like an odd thing to do. But it, I, there's definitely car theft in Japan for sure. But just these particular cars are being cho- are being chosen uh, along with the Japanese. All the Japanese imports all have problems. There's other things like catalytic converters are worth money. Then there's ones like the the uh, Toyotas that are out there that have um, special kinds of platinum inside the catalytic converter. They're being cut off cars in car parks and stolen as well. So we have a higher, possibly a more educated criminal here about what's in our yeah. cars. So yeah. they're able to get it themselves. Those figures I was giving there before I brought you on, there have been 30 of these cars robbed so far in Cork this year, which given that they're not exactly falling out of the sky onto the streets, that's a lot of theft. That is a lot of theft, and it's one particular uh, kind of car as well. So I've seen it multiple times across social media where someone's after buying a car, they only have it a couple of weeks, and it gets stolen right outside the front door because of the lack of immobilizers, one, but also because it's just easy to get into from outside the shape of the door, allows people to, be able to bend things on it. So, mm-hmm. And it's not just one. I don't want to target one particular car. I don't want to worry people if they own well, the car as well. Let's maybe not mention any names, just in case we have a yeah. few people, amateur, amateur thieves listening. 
Mm. But like, if you're very careful with your car, you put it in a garage, you put a crook clock on it, any deterrent, the idea of these things, this will not stop your car being stolen. If they really want to steal it, they're still going to steal it. But if your car is terribly easy to break into and then there's no crook clock inside, there's no alarms and there's no nothing, then yeah. you're just asking for trouble. You want yeah. to make, you want to get the best deterrent you can on the car. So is it harder to get these insured for theft? We'll call on the phone asking that question. Not so far. And the reason behind that is because the car is very new onto the market. So it's only starting to get uh, insured in this country. Now that the crime is rising around us, you know, that particular car is being targeted, you'll find insurance premiums will start to rise on that brand. It'll be targeted Mm. because it's a high value, stealable car, you know. Now, the old fashioned crew clock, and I can remember it, um, God rest my dad long ago, he had the thing, it was like like a walking stick with two hooks on it. And it stretched (laughs) out and it went from the steering wheel down to the clutch. Now, I would have thought we got a bit more sophisticated than that, but. The, the, the principle is the same. It is. Um, it still works to some degree. Now, they are a br- what's called a brute force attack will still open up these crook locks and none of them survive very long. The, the big um, incentive was that they could survive for 60 seconds. So you can imagine that, that was, that's not very long, but it's long enough to put car thieves off who just want to get in the car and drive away as quick as they can. They don't want to be interfering with these sort of things. Other effective measures, real old school stuff, removing the starting arm, Pulling out a spark plug, you know, these kind of old school methods actually still operate today, but you probably won't find a starting arm in most of the modern cars now. They probably won't be there to move it anyway. But yeah. immobilizers and alarms, electronic alarms are still going to be the most effective things. There's a little flashing light on the dashboard. It's a real off-putting sight for any uh, yeah. crook to see at night time. My first car was, was fitted with a little switch hidden uh, that disabled the ignition. Um, can you still do that? You can. You can still interrupt the fuel supply to the car. So you can cut off the fuel supply electronically in cars. You can fit a switch just under the dashboard. People still root around for it, but anything that slows it down, anything that deters people, multiples of these, a crook lock, an alarm, and a fuel cut-off switch will completely stop this. You know, yeah. it's, it's your most precious asset. You don't want to be claiming off your insurance. You don't want to burn out either, yeah. which is the worst part. The car ends up upside down in the hedge somewhere on I fire. That's, Are you better off going to an old-school mechanic with these tricks? Bob. Yes. Uh, any old school mechanic will be able to check to make sure you have an immobilizer. It's usually fairly remote uh, remote control um, unlocking of the car. It does not donate that you have an electronic mobilizer in your car. So electronic mobilizer is usually fitted within the key. So the key tells the ignition lock that it's the right key, then it yeah. unlocks, yeah. then it starts. But a, a good mechanic will be able to tell you the best kind of most effective things that he can do to the car now to make it at least some way safe beyond yeah. just a crook lock. Yeah, another, th- another, another thing we didn't have back in the day was the rechargeable power tools. You know? They, yeah, that's true as well. They, didn't yeah. have them. they can yeah. walk up beside your car and grind it open, yeah. That's right. That, that's right. Um Bob, the price of fuel, you you've you talk about it all the time on your on your TikTok. Like it's at this stage now, and I mean I saw you doing one a couple of weeks ago. Does anybody check the prices? We do very frequently here in this program, and they're eye wateringly high now at this stage. And all we're mm. being told is uh, well, there's nothing we can do about it until budget day. You did a figure recently of the no- the amount of tax that we're paying on our petrol at these prices. Yeah, we're still paying. Uh, see, we pay a percentage tax. So the, the higher the price of the fuel, the more tax the government makes. So imagine if you're making 10% of 100 euro, yeah, 
is is tenor. So ten percent of two hundred is twenty. It's still ten percent. That you know what I mean. It's still a percentage of the thing. But what the government are taking is over fifty percent. Now they lowered the excise duty, but they lowered it in coins. So they took fifteen cent off and twenty cent off the fuel. They didn't take a percentage off. Now that's where the messing around is starting to happen now again. So that has been knocked off. So that money that's gone. They, they they're not getting as much excise duty anymore, but they're certainly still creaming it when it comes to percentages they can easily manipulate the vast rate on they did that for the hospitality industry mm. during lockdown they could do that on fuel and they can lower down the vat rate to mm. about three percent five percent and have an instant effect on the, the, the their economic argument is they can't because the eu won't let them but spain and other places are kind of belying that and saying, well you know we'll deal with you later mr eu we're we're looking after our people first is there any way that we can save fuel i mean i know Eamon ryan was on about drive more slowly and this kind of thing but can we save fuel on a practical level in our day-to-day commute well the main thing is he Eamon ryan unfortunately put it incredibly poorly but he was right so driving slower will save you fuel in every vehicle even electric cars slowing down to go further is a, is a good advice to do if you really want to do it learn to use your gearbox you use a manual car make sure you use the gearbox properly not over revving the car not over stressing the engine if you drive too fast in the wrong gear you'll burn extra fuel take everything out of the car it doesn't need to be there there's people carrying garden implements in the boot you know spades and shovels and bags of cement and bags of sand all that add weight makes the car will have to work harder to get to speed which will burn more fuel yeah these are all simple fuel things but it works it's effective the modern dashboard now and i drive a very simple little car but you get an arrow gear up or gear down and i've taken to following that as closely as i possibly yeah. can and i do find my fuel consumption is is a little down because of it you can, yeah, and they, they, that's exactly, the car company is on your side. The car company wants you to use the least amount of fuel possible because they promised that you would get a certain amount of vigor, so they want you to get near that. So it, using that gear shift indicator is always going to be a good thing for you. Now, if you've got an automatic, you're kind of out of control for that. Yeah. Often an eco button doesn't really work or be really effective. It turns off your air conditioning. That's about as much as Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And, and your, your hybrids, as the well, they're all automatics. So if your hybrid is in petrol mode, that's expensive. Yeah. Now, if you drive a hybrid properly, I would argue that you could get very good mileage if you drive it very well. So if you really try to concentrate hard and stay on the electric version as much as you can and don't accelerate too much, you will save a lot of money in a hybrid. Now, if you drive it like a normal petrol car, you won't save a whole lot, but you won't save as much as you would in a diesel, put it that way, because if you're doing long range driving, diesel's still the king of that. Yeah. Uh, also, I think, Bob, the advice is watch, just keep an eye on what you're seeing on the internet because an awful lot of it is nonsense. There are many ways of do this with your fuel, do that with your fuel. Bit of it most of that fake, most of it is gimmicky stuff that you'd have to do over long periods of time to make it happen. A well-serviced car, so getting it serviced in a dealership or getting it serviced in your mechanics area and doing a good job and using good product in the, in, will, will get your fuel economy into the right zone. Having old oil in your engine makes the pistons turn over very slow and it's it's thick and it's difficult to burn. Having cheap fuel, which is another thing, you know, watery fuel will obviously burn badly or having yeah. old spark plugs and it won't burn properly so all them things will have much more of an effect than putting a bottle of gunk into the fuel tank or putting some sort of special air filter on tires that aren't at the right pressure kevin is pointing out here 
huge factor. Yeah, a lot of people will not check their, their pressure of their tires until it's time for an NCT, which is like every two years, you know, or maybe every year. So they might not check the pressure at all. Low pressure tires have a bigger surface area on the ground, which means they create more drag. Okay. Gives you more grip, but it also makes the, the tire have more drag, so it, it increases your fuel economy. Yeah. So one of your videos recently, Bobby, we're talking about VRT. Now, there's a there's a lot of talk out there. People say, oh, no, VRT is illegal, but we make more money from the VRT than the EU fine us for having it. What is the story with that? That's an urban myth. Uh, it may have been st- at the beginning of the the, uh, the European Union wanted to find us for it because it's it's against the spirit of the European Union. In that you can put that in quotation marks. That's exactly what the European Union said to us. The idea of double taxation. So essentially, if you want to have a car in this country, you have to pay a certain kind of tax on the car. Now that would be illegal on any import. So if you're importing a television, you can't have another tax here in this country on something from the EU. That's just not legal. But you can do it on the car, but we don't do it to the car. We actually do it to your license plate. That's how we changed it. It's a vehicle registration tax. So what we did was we said, if you want to have a, a car in this country, you, you can, uh, but you must register with an Irish regi- registration plate within a certain amount of time, and then we put a tax on that registration plate. That's exactly how we did it. So we kind of skirted around the idea right. of double taxation. It's, in my opinion, it's an obscene tax. It really drives the price of cars here. Yeah. Obscurely weird when you look it's at the price of everywhere else in Europe. Crazy, crazy. Have you heard the term, this is coming on the phone, Bob, have you heard the term hypermilling? Hypermilling, yeah. Hypermilling, hypermilling, you would call it one of those. Hypermilling would be the thing. So the idea is that you would accelerate to a speed and lift off, but never try to use the brake much. You just try and keep your speed as constant as you can, using a little bit of power and a little bit. It's a lot of work. Very skill driving. Yeah, well, most people would try to drive that way, but really trying to get the best from it is trying to, is trying to coast as much as you can and then trying to accelerate downhill so you coast up the next hill. It's, it's a lot of work. Like you're going to burst into sweat and it's just not worth the effort unless yeah, you're, you're trying to set some sort of record. Yeah, yeah, it's like a hobby for some people, but dri- driving is supposed to be fun. Lastly, I was talking to someone over the weekend who said, and I don't know if you've ever heard this one, look into it if you want, Bob, and all of these fuel signs, you know, the ones one, 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 19.6 or 121.9 or whatever or mm-hmm. 222.1 apparently they're all illegal because there's no illegal. such thing as 0.1 of a cent that is true it's 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 left it is it is actually true to say we can't you couldn't do that in any other shopping sense so you couldn't buy a pint of milk you can't charge 128.2 for it it yeah. wouldn't be proper 121.9 should be 122 yeah, it should be, 122. So they should just round up and, and be done with it. It's, yeah. it's only fuel that does it. It's kind of a cheese. It's a way of making yourself look a little cheaper than, Jeez, yeah. than the petrol. So 129.9 and the petrol of the road is 130.1. You're not saving anything. It's the same price that you're paying, but it just looks cheaper on, on the thing. Mm-hmm. It should be done away with at this point, but it probably won't be because it's such a traditional thing. Right. Come back to me briefly before I let you go. Why do you have a Garda Escort at the moment? Or are they just keeping an eye on your devilment? What? <laughs> Keep an eye on making sure I slow down. No, we had over the weekend, we did a fantastic thing called Bumblebee 1000. It was an aid of Little Blue Heroes, which is a very favourite charity of mine. It's run by Angarda Sheep. Oh, it's brilliant, yeah. They take, 
They take little uh, sick and seriously ill children. We give them a day out with supercars and flying around and getting into blues and twos and in the patrol cars and all. And the guard give up all their free time to do this. There's no managing directors, nobody getting any salaries out of this. So we set out over the weekend with a pile, a hundred supercars to race across Ireland with the guardy, and they had a, a motorbikes with us and they had cars with us and they were closing roads to allow us through so we raised over the weekend 70,000 euro for Little Blue Heroes uh, with donations on the side of the road and uh, donations from the drivers and having charity auctions and stuff it was a huge weekend it was great well done listen Bob good to talk to you and we'll talk again Uh, Bob Flavin he's on TikTok he's on Instagram he's on YouTube his motoring tips and his knowledge of the motoring industry is just phenomenal Corks 96 FM.